You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 174. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 174. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Well, hello, my love. Well, hello, audience. Hello, yes. The audience is with us. Hello, pod people. We have... We love you, too. Yes, we do, even though we act like it's just the two of us. <laughs> Mostly, uh, you guys should have heard the epic mic test that we just had. <laughs> it was so funny. Little queen, a little queen going on. Well, we're going to have, uh, I think we're just going to release a small episode at one point with just mic checks. Just right? mic, and it's just, it's nonsense. The whole thing is just fucking nonsense. It's, in one word, nonsensical. I think it would be... Really funny though to release it, so we'll see. Hopefully, we can do that in the future. It just that'd be cool. Takes a decent amount of editing. editing yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but welcome to the show. We've we are doing a mailbag edition today, so I'm really excited about that. We haven't done this in close to a year. It's been it's been a while, oh. and. If you aren't aware of this, we actually have an option where you can submit show topic ideas. And sometimes we get a handful of topics that don't necessarily warrant an entire episode. So we will group them together in a little mailbag episode, which is what we're going to do today. So a couple of the questions that we're going to dig into is how do I know if I'm being an enabler to somebody or if I'm Mm. actually just showing them compassion? So we'll look at that. We'll also talk about a listener who uh, both her and her sister are struggling with their parents who are total and complete slobs. And so they're trying to establish boundaries there. So we'll talk about that. And then finally, we'll hear from a listener who is trying to figure out if she should separate from her spouse or not because of the implications it will have on her children. And so clearly that's a tough... There's an age-old story. Right? So that's a tough one. So we're going to... Look at those. So uh, let's let's do a little a little warm up segment, shall we? A little, what is it called? What's our segment called? Would you rather? <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> Cue music. Would you rather? All right. So today's would you rather is would you rather have a best friend? That, a lot, that always borrows your money or a best friend that always borrows your clothes? Wow. Is that a tough one? Yes. That's easy for me. I am extremely territorial about my clothes. Are you? Well, it doesn't fit me, so you're safe. That's right. What, what, how much money are we talking? Like, Just always borrowing money. Like, hey, I need five bucks sort of thing? Or like, I need help paying my mortgage. Can I borrow $1,500? How about a little bit of both? I think I'd still probably go with clothes. That you would rather... God, I'm so boundaried that that would never, ever happen to me, <laughs> like in either situation. 
But I guess I would have to say clothes because if I had my money, at least I could buy new clothes. <laughs> yeah. For me, like money is just kind of a touchy subject. Right. It's a, if someone borrows my clothes, it's like, nah, I can get more clothes, you know, but, and I can get more money too. But yeah, it's just like, there's a weird thing that happens when you borrow money from someone. That's right. So I would much rather clothes. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm with you on that one too, because I think I, it, it can also be, I just am trying to think of like the type of human I would be around. Like if that's my friend, my closest friend. Mm-hmm. And they don't find any issue with borrowing money all the time. That speaks, I mean, obviously, I mean, you and I are doing a lot of work around our finances and our money house and, you know, getting really clear on. That's why I thought of this one was. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, and how they say you're a reflection of your five closest people in your life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be surrounded by people who who have an unhealthy relationship with money. <laughs> You're always the coach. Always I can't the coach. take the coach out of the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Like, I can't help it. It's just part of your innate. <laughs> just how I, I know. I anyway, know. so but if somebody, I would rather have people borrow clothes than money. I could see people just borrowing clothes and that not seeming to be that very big of a deal. Yeah. Or so... Yeah, I would go with that. Close it is. Yeah. So let us hear from you. I love I love hearing from everybody who hits me up on Twitter. So you can always find me. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not Twitter. Why did I say Twitter? I don't know. I don't even like Twitter. I don't Twitter. even like to Twitter. <laughs> you don't even know. I don't even have a Twitter account. You don't know a how tweet to tweet. tweet account. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Instagram. Instagram. At the Joy Junkie. I love conversing with listeners over there. And so you can let us know which one you would rather. Ooh, and I almost forgot. I mentioned to you guys last week that there was a very special, exciting announcement happening this week. So you are in luck. Today marks the very first day that registration is officially open for a brand new holiday workshop and support group that I have never, ever done before. It's completely brand new. It's called Survive and Thrive. And it is all about not losing your shit with your family during the holidays. So I've done tons of pods on how to stand up for yourself with your family, boundaries, all of those things. And they become the most potent and challenging during the holiday season. It's dealing with your uncle who you never see except for during the holidays who triggers the hell out of you or especially going into a holiday season where... We might be having massive political differences that are really arresting family dynamics. So I decided to put kind of a crash course together. It spans over four weeks and it starts with an online workshop where we will go into all things boundaries and how to choose your battles, how to prepare for going into really volatile family situations, figuring out who you really want to be in those scenarios, how to actually speak up like actual verbiage that you can use, um, how to kind of foresee possible outcomes and prepare yourself for those, creating new definitions of success so you're not always expecting 
this uh, affirmation and positivity from your family that you don't get how to find fulfillment elsewhere. So I'm really, really excited about it. If you want to hear more information on it, just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash thrive, or you can just go to the show notes page for this episode, which again is thejoyjunkie.com slash 174, and you can find out all about survive and thrive, but the best part, the best part, you guys, is that it's extremely inexpensive. It's $47. <laughs> so that's like a little bit more than 10 bucks a week to do this with us for, for four weeks. So we're going to set you up with a bunch of tools, an online workshop prior to, to the U.S. Thanksgiving. Then we'll have tons of a, a, opportunity to connect with each other in a private Facebook group, get through the Thanksgiving holiday, and then we will reconvene again and do like some weekly challenges. We'll do uh, some Facebook Live and some ways in which I can answer a bunch of questions that come up for you as you're navigating different challenges. Really, really excited for it. Again, you can find all the information at thejoyjunkie.com slash thrive. Hope to have you in it. It's going to be so fun. So let's jump into this mailbag, shall we? Let's do it. So the first listener writes in and says, how do you recognize the difference between showing compassion or forgiveness for somebody and actually enabling them? Mm. Or another way to say it is, what's the difference between letting shit go, as in like they were just having a bad day, or they made a mistake, and okay, now I'm letting them really treat me like shit. Right. So When do you boundary? Right. So this one, the first thing that I really wanted to underline, and I think it's, for many of you listening, you know my whole process on this grace and kindness concept, which is you can have both. (coughs) You can be extremely compassionate and kind and graceful and assertive. Mm-hmm. and stand up for yourself. Okay. So you can show compassion and kindness for somebody and know that they're going through a rough time or they're having a really bad day or they made a mistake. You can be compassionate for them and speak up for yourself. Okay. So I think a lot of times we think in absolutes or definitive, like it's either this or that. I either let it slide or I go do battle. And that's not necessarily the case. You can speak up for yourself without opening up like a huge can of worms. You can say even, you know, let's say somebody has like a real sharp biting comment to you and you know it's because they had a really rough day or someone just laid into them or you, you're, it's clear that you really didn't do anything. You can very graciously and easily say, hey, I don't really think that commented, comment was warranted or I would really appreciate it if you didn't direct that towards me or I don't, I don't really agree with what you just said. I'm going to ask that you don't say that stuff to me anymore or whatever. Like you can still be super kind and gra- grace- gracious excuse me, and not be combative, but What I also want to really, really underline here is treating you like shit. Somebody treating you like shit is never Never acceptable, right. I don't care if they're dealing with death. I don't care if they're dealing with a divorce, the loss of a child. Treating other people like shit is not okay. Now, 
It's okay to be compassionate towards their circumstance and say, hey, listen, I know things are really challenging for you. My request is that you don't bring up stuff about my weight. You don't talk to me about, you know, whatever they might have said that was biting or rude. Got it. I, I, you know, I don't expect that things are easy for you at all, but it's also not okay for you to lay into me about stuff I didn't do, accuse me of things. Um, And that's a matter, what that really is when you do that, when you stand up for yourself in those situations, you are saying, I have just as much compassion towards myself as I have for you. Okay, yeah. Because what we do a lot of times is we go, oh, they're dealing with this. Who am I? I can put up with it. Who am I to be offended or hurt mm-hmm. or whatever? And also know that that it doesn't have to be this big old conversation. It doesn't have to be a sit down. It doesn't have to be a, hey, can we talk like and make this extra level of drama? So the way in which to combat that would be to address it in that actual moment. If yeah. you can, like, hey, that wasn't really called for. Or, I don't know if you're really upset with me right now. I think it seems like you're really upset with other stuff going on. That usually will get them, like, pissed. And they'll get extra upset. And then you might just have to say, hey, take your time. I'm out of here, you know. But I think the thing that's really, really important with this whole scenario is that your side of the road is truly 100% clean. Yeah. So whatever they are nitpicking you about, complaining about, mad at you about, lashing out at you about, make sure there's no validity. Make sure that you don't have something to own. Because there are times, we've had times like this where one of us is having a really rough go and Absolutely. we lash out. Absolutely. And then the other one's like, hey, <laughs> really gently, I feel like this is about, this is not really about me. And it, please don't make it my fault. Please don't take it out on me. Take it out on me. We say that a lot, yeah. And and then we usually check situations. ourselves. And sometimes we're still kind of, you know, but we usually take that responsibility. But that's also after years and years and years of practice. A lot of people don't have that. They just immediately get defensive anytime somebody says, hey, that was uncalled for. So it really depends on the nature of the situation. It depends how intense the biting comment was, uh, how deep it runs for you. Like there's a lot of things to look at. But what you have to understand is somebody taking shit out on you or being rude and mean to you and you're just supposed to take it. No, that's unacceptable. Uh Uh-uh. No, it's not okay. And you also have to remember that every time you let something slide, and we've talked about this plenty of times, you teach them how to treat you by what you choose to tolerate. Absolutely. And so if you continue to just go, oh, I don't, (coughs) you know, I'm not going to speak up or I'm not going to say anything, you're teaching them. You are enabling them. You're enabling them to treat you that way over and over and over again. So, and what you're also enabling them to do is to lean on their hardship as an excuse for poor behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So if you continue to allow that, they get to go, I deserve 
to lash out. I deserve pity. I deserve all this stuff because look how shitty my situation is right now. How dare you get insensitive? Mm-hmm. And then the the other thing to really look at, and I don't know. I mean, this was a very short submission. But the other thing to look at is, is this chronic? Is this a chronic negative person? Um, is this somebody who is always lashing out at you? There might need to be some... Uh, evaluation of if this person should be in your life long term. Well, come to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's one thing if you're really standing up for yourself. It's one thing if it is a coworker or somebody you just have to kind of manage in your mm-hmm. life. And then it's a completely different thing if it's your spouse and you just allow yourself to be a doormat or yep. it's your best friend and you never speak up. So you always have to look at your role in the matter and there's I would also if they're expressing something to you that they're upset about and there is some understand you do understand like okay I wasn't able to get something done that I promised you I'd get done and you know they they lash lash out at you for like you said you were going to get this done for me and you never did you're so lazy you're such a liar da, da, da. and you go okay you know what, you're right that I didn't follow through and I didn't complete that. And and for that, I truly am sorry. But if you continue to speak to me like that, I'm going to have to leave because that's an unacceptable way. I understand that you're upset, but it's unacceptable to call names. It's unacceptable to scream and yell at me right now. So if you want to discuss this further, let me know. But I will not allow myself to just sit here and be attacked. Nice. So you can acknowledge that maybe you were at fault. And this, again, depends on the situation if you did or you weren't at fault, you know. So there's a lot of factors to kind of evaluate in each situation. And you have to know, too, that letting somebody else treat you like shit chronically over and over again, especially, isn't compassionate to you. Right. You know, like. What about me? It's not kind to yourself. And. So to answer the question of how do you know when to let shit go and when not to, I say let shit go when you honestly don't care, when you don't give a shit. Like, for instance, if if I am uh, in the grocery store or something and somebody, like, bumps into my cart and says something mean to me or something like that or I'm parking and it's a stranger says... I would let that shit go because I just don't care enough. Like if they were saying something, I did hear somebody say some really offensive stuff in Trader Joe's one time about Muslims and, oh, you know, I was like, um, (laughs) I got to say a little something. But so, but that's a very different situation. So I'm, what I'm saying is if it matters to you, if that if it's somebody you care about, if it really hurts your feelings, if you're offended, if it does not feel right, then that is on you to speak up. No yep, one else is going to totally. speak up and defend you unless you do. So <clears throat> I would say only let it sh- let it slide or slip if you really just don't give a shit. You know, like a coworker who's always bitchy, and you're like, I just honestly block her out or him out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just don't care enough. For sure. But don't let that be an excuse because you'll feel it in the pit of your belly if it doesn't feel right to you. You'll be like, oh, that was fucked up. That's not right. You shouldn't talk to me like that. So it's your responsibility to listen to that. 
you don't get to use what I just said as a crutch. Like, oh, I just don't care enough. No, you fucking do care. Right. Yeah, that's that's good advice. All right. Anything you wanted to say about that? No. Okay. So another listener writes in and talks about her parents. And both her sister and herself have a really tough time because whenever their parents come over to each of their respective homes, they leave a total complete mess. <laughs> and that's what they tend to do at their own home. Maybe they do it to get back at Maybe the they're like, oh, yeah, right? son like, of a bitch. This is remember how- when you left my house a fucking mess? Guess what? <laughs> remember that time when you were 12 and you <laughs> fucked everything up? You wrote all over the walls? <clears throat> exactly. So she says that. My dad leaves dirty dishes, dirty pans on the stove, makes sandwiches and leaves crumbs on the counters because he doesn't use a plate. Mom leaves coffee mugs, coffee stains, plates all over instead of putting them in the dishwasher. Then she says, and I highlighted this, obviously we could say something, (laughs) but these are, you know what I'm going to say about that. (laughs) WWJJD. Uh, But these are their habits. They do it at their home, too, which drives us nuts when we visit. And then she says, you know, my husband is a little bit OCD and likes things very organized, put together, clean, all of that. So it leads to them having arguments. Mm -hmm. Right? We've been there. Yeah. So she doesn't want to have this big bitch fest between her and her husband, you know, and she says, how do we or people in general pick our battles or how do we determine when to rock the boat versus learning to change the way we think about the situation? Are we just being bad hosts finding these things to be so irritating? Okay. <sighs> all right. First go. of all, we're going to be linking to the boundaries podcast. Yes. All which, this is boundaries. This all is total. So ba- yeah. And it. The Boundaries podcast is really great because it gives you a systematic step-by-step process to establishing boundaries, delivering them, and then enforcing them. And then it also gives you tips on actually qualifying and quantifying what you're requesting so that you're actually setting up the other party to win. So in this situation, the first, my first, I totally highlighted it, bolded it. Obviously, we could say something. Whatever you have not said... That's on you, my friend. Right now, you're expecting them to be mind readers. You're expecting them to somehow deduce that this is extremely <laughs> problematic for you and your sister and your husband. They this have is like every relationship ever. They have no idea, I'm guessing. It sounds as though this is their complete way of life. So wouldn't it would not even be on their radar? Unless you give them the opportunity to change. So when you listen to the boundaries episode, you'll be able to see, okay, I haven't actually given voice to what I am requesting. So it doesn't matter if you want shit all over your walls. It's your home. (laughs) You get to decide what happens inside your home. And I also feel the same way about all my social media accounts. Just because we're related, you don't get to hop on my Facebook and say shit that's offensive. No, I'm going to delete your ass. Yeah. So in the same way, like when I go on to other people's podcasts, I'm like, hey, I'm in your home. Do you allow profanity? Do you need me to keep it clean? I think that there is a fundamental understanding that we all need to have around I am in somebody else's home, in their territory, whether it's 
their cyber community, whether it is... Their car, their office, whatever. Right. Their blog, their platform, their home, their office, like you said. That's... It's extremely important. This is... That is yours. That's your sanctuary. That's your home. You're allowed to put whatever rules you want. You're allowed to pray. You're allowed to not pray. You're allowed to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. You're allowed to think it's of the devil. You're allowed to do whatever the hell you want in your own home as long as it's legal and you're not going to be harming anybody else. Right? Yeah. So same is true here. So your first item of business, honey, you got to say something. You have to say something. And again, just like I was talking about with the last question, you don't have to be a dick about it. Why do you think she hasn't said something? Well, I think that there's a couple. That's a great question. I think that there's a couple of reasons. One, we have a biological, physiological pull to please our parents. And that comes from a place of survival. Like if we did not belong to a family, if we did not belong to a tribe in during our primitive man, we would die. And I think it's also how we have evolved into a people-pleasing species. Because we look at even Maslow's hierarchy of needs. One of the hierarchy of needs is belonging, to belong. Where do you think that comes from? That comes from fucking prehistoric man who needed other people for survival. You needed your family for survival. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the way that we have evolved as a species, even though we don't have to have our parents' approval for survival, or we don't have to have everybody in our workplace love us, we still operate under that sort of primitive drive. Yeah. If that makes sense. You look like you're not buying it. No, I am. I just think it's a little more simple than that. I think she just doesn't want to offend them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And she might feel a little bit guilty, like, these are my parents. They took care of me. They raised me. I can take care of it. I can clean up their mess. You know, it bothers me, but I feel like I owe it to them or something like that. Right. You know? Well, and that that depends from on everybody's sure. own perspective. Like I'm just trying to kind of read between the lines of the thing there and say, okay, well, why haven't you said anything? Well, and that's you know? that you you bring up a really great point, and this is why people don't speak up for themselves. It's why it's why the first listener hasn't said, hey, please don't treat me like shit, right? Because most of the time. That's going to involve something uncomfortable. Some kind of conflict. And again, if we're talking about how we behave psychologically, we are always in the pursuit of pleasure or the avoidance of pain. So if we know that opening up this can of worms and having this conversation is going to be painful, awkward, uncomfortable, we're like, what will make things peaceful fast if I just shut the fuck up? Right. You know what's interesting, though, is once you say something, the other person actually typically doesn't come back at them in the way that you think they right. think they're going to come back at them. Right. And it's like, oh, that was really easy. I just had that situation <laughs> with my mom. Yeah. And I had made up this huge thing. Like, it was going to be this horrible, combative argument. But I was like, there is no way I'm agreeing to this specific thing. <laughs> and so I had already decided. I followed my <clears throat> own little boundary protocol. And she was like, oh, I totally understand. And right. I was like, really? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, that doesn't... And that that's not the stipulation of to decide if you're going to do it or not. No, I'm just saying that <clears throat> we kind of make up a story in our head of, well, they might come back with this or they might come back with that. All we of come that up doesn't with, matter. All, right. All of it doesn't matter, but a lot of times it's a lot easier than we make it. That's right. 
And so we build up this whole story of how awkward, how uncomfortable, and we're afraid. Right. We're totally afraid yeah. of how that interaction is going to be. Yeah. So we just don't do it. And then what happens? Then you end up writing into some stranger about your po- her podcast and say, <laughs> help me, instead of telling the people who need to be told. Mm. So also know that all of that stuff can coexist. Like you can love them. You can be gracious. You can be super grateful for everything they've done for you. And still very kindly request something for your own home. Right. So first, first item of business is go listen to the Boundaries podcast, which again will be in the show notes page here on uh, this particular episode, thejoyjunkie.com slash 174. And give them, at least give them the opportunity to be what you need. Could you imagine if the situation was reversed and your, I, I just had this with, with one of my best friends. And I said, I said a bunch of stuff to her to support her through something and that I thought was really encouraging. And then I said, please let me know if there's things you want me to say, don't want me to say, how can I support you best through this issue? And she said, hey, when you say X, Y, or Z, that is actually very triggering for me. And I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. I'm happy to rectify that. Right, right. So just imagine if you were in a situation that was driving your husband crazy or your boss crazy or your sister and they just never gave you the opportunity to change it. Like, yeah. wouldn't you be like, dude, all you had to do was ask and I would have been happy to change it. Yeah. So again, it does not matter how it's received. It matters how you deliver it. So do it with grace and kindness, <laughs> but do it. All right. And then Numero f- tres. Right, right. Number three. So we are going into a really tough one. And this one is going to be very different for every single couple, every single family. So this listener says, how do you balance making the decision you know is right for you versus the needs of your children? So I'm in an unhappy marriage, and but my children's lives are currently really great. There's no abuse or yelling in the household. My husband and I have been trying to work things out, but she's still very unhappy and thinks that she would be much happier on her own. And so she's very clear on that. Like it's... As she's written, she's like, I just really don't feel like I can stay in this marriage. But she says it seems very unfair (coughs) to make a decision that will move me from unhappy to great at the expense of potentially moving them from great to unhappy. Mm -hmm. And she's also talking about there is a little bit of a different scenario because I am somewhat responsible for them, you know, for their happiness. Yeah. I am an influencer. And one of her kids in particular is very sensitive, and I worry it would be very difficult for him if we split. But after doing all this work on myself, I don't know how to feel better without making a change. Okay. Hmm. So first of all, huge, huge love to you. Because this is a really hard one. This is a difficult and one, And it's sure. also, I also think it's very, very admirable <clears throat> that you're, you're, you are loving yourself enough that you're saying, I'm really entertaining the idea of leaving. Even asking, yeah. For my own sense of self, for my own happiness. So just even the fact that you're entertaining all of this is a major, major step about showing that, showing you that you matter. What you want matters. Your happiness matters. Your self-worth matters. So mm-hmm. kudos, kudos, kudos. 
Now, this is not a there's one right answer, but there's a couple of things that, that I noticed in this submission, and it seems to be that there's one perspective. It's either I'm happy or my kids are happy. If I leave, surely they're going to be destroyed. And there's actually a lot of other options, right? It's actually possible to have a really amiable divorce. You can do, like there's tons of therapists who work on what they call conscious uncoupling. It depends on if you have a spouse who's willing to do that. You know, I mean, it could, it completely depends on the dynamic in the relationship. If it's really volatile, then I'm guessing it's probably not good for the kids to be around anyway. The fact that he was, that you were saying there's no abuse, there's no yelling, it seems to be a relatively tranquil household, then that might be a perfect opportunity to talk about honoring yourself and how sometimes the best solution for people to be the best parents is for them to not be married anymore so they can show you more love, showing your children more love. So I would encourage you to start looking at there could be other possible outcomes besides, well, I'm going to be happy and they're going to be destroyed. You don't know that. Right. You do not know that. You made that up. And a lot of times you'll hear from kids who went through that situation where their parents stayed married for them and they still end up with tons of animosity and bitterness because of how that went down. Right. So I also want to really underline that your children will learn what's acceptable by what you do. Absolutely. So think about if you, I don't know if you have daughters, but if you had a daughter who was in that situation later on, would you say, yes, sacrifice yourself? Or would you tell her, no, there's a Mm -hmm. way to still take care of your children. There's a way to still be an amazing parent without being married. And, And also I would highly advocate, get some fucking support. Do not do this by yourself. Be a part of a support group, get a coach, get a therapist, work with somebody who specifically knows how to work through peaceful divorce uh get allies get people on your side and in your corner to help you go through this because if it really is like if the kids were out of the picture 100 percent, i'd be divorced then that's something you really really need to pay attention to because that means that you are signing up for a life of of sacrifice which is not always a bad thing But a lot of times it can fuel a shit ton of resentment. And then it also, you cannot help it. It trickles into your children's life because you're biting. You're a little more stressed out. You don't have as much sleep. You're a little, think about if you didn't have the stress of your marriage, how much love and attention you could give to your children. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, and again, Everyone's situation is different. And I'm not saying divorce is always the answer. Sometimes I think staying is the answer. Right. But if you feel like uh, 100% yes, I would be gone if there weren't children, then um, this is my addition to this. And you've kind of touched on it a little bit. It might be amiable now, but the further along that this goes... That's right. Everybody's going to be unhappy, Mm -hmm. including your children. That's right. So, you know, it's not it's not necessarily a black and white situation. You have to look at the grayness of the longevity of going through this for a long period of time. I, mean, I don't know how old, your, how old her children are, but, mm-hmm. you know, if they're 12, 13 years old, you got another 
10 years maybe. Right, right. You know, before they're out of the house. So, you know, handling it while it's amiable, if it is a 100% situation, right. handling it at that moment is probably the best time. That's right. When you can have a nice separation and not have all this vitriolic yeah. spewing of nonsense. That's right. Know. And you can also really decide how you process this with them. I mean, you can read books right. to them yeah, about divorce yeah. and how it doesn't have anything to do with you. Like, you can really choose to foster this amazing experience for them. You can get them support. You can get them therapy. You can get, I mean, you could have them be with other children of divorce so that they have a place to talk about it. You can explain why you're making this choice so that you can be a better human, a better parent, and that you want them to always make choices that will make them better humans as well. Yeah. It can be a massive teaching point. That being said, it's not always the answer. Yeah. So again, that's why I highly advocate getting Get getting some. some support. But I do think this is the one thing that that I see continually is that we always make up what as as humans, as parents, as as business owners, we try to make up what what is going to happen. If uh -huh. I make this choice, this is definitely going to be the outcome. That's not how life works. If I speak up, <laughs> they're going to be pissed at me. We don't know. That's right. like just that situation I had. I spoke up and it was totally well received. Right. That doesn't always happen. But we try to make up. Oh, well, if I do this, then my kids will this. Let me tell you, honey. Since the <laughs> dawn of time. People have thought they are going to just, this is the path my children are going to take. <laughs> and the reality is that's a completely separate human that is going to take whatever turn of events they have in their life and they are going to make their own conclusions. Yeah. They are going to interpret it themselves. Mm -hmm. So myself and my brothers, we grew up in the exact same household and we have, you know, our parents were married until my father passed in 07, almost 30 years. Exact same education. We were treated the same. There was never like clearly a favorite. And we interpreted our childhood extremely differently. Right. I went into the personal development. They both had some really rocky times with the law and jail time and drug abuse. And I mean, couldn't be polar opposite. But it's because we had a certain set of circumstances in our worlds and each of us chose to interpret those situations differently. So no matter how hard you think you can protect and shield and, and uh, take care of your child, they might interpret that as the worst choice you could make. Right. So that being said... You do the best you can with the information you have at the time. You be the best parent you can in each moment. You instill the best lesson you can in each moment. So I hope that Great that's job. helpful. And again, I can't underline enough that it's so important that you have support around this. Yeah. Nobody should walk through divorce on their own. Absolutely Especially not. navigating uh, children as well and, yeah. and still being an amazing parent while dealing with your own shit. I mean, that's it's hard. So, but kudos to you for doing so much work on yourself. Yeah, for and, sure. And keep that in mind that you do, you do matter and you are valuable. So huge love. So I think that's it for Mailbag 4.0. Anything else you wanted to add? 4.0. That's it? That's all I have to say. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. All right, guys. So we will. I'm like your hype man. You are my hype man. I was just thinking that. I was going to say front man. I was like, no, that's not the right You're word. You're the front man. I'm front the woman. Front. Uh, yeah. I'm the front, the front woman. And if you want in on Survive and Thrive, I would absolutely love to have you. Again, if you need to make sure you do not lose your shit with your family during the holidays, you can find out everything you need to know about Survive and Thrive at thejoyjunkie.com slash thrive. All right, guys. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. <laughs>